Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Good afternoon, welcome to Tuesday's Heavy Metal Miscellany, Meltdown, whatever you want to call it. I'm Alan Averill, this is Agitators Anonymous, and this is the Tuesday Rock and Roll Heavy Metal Music Kinda, Let's call it the... Um, Let's call it the old school heroin to your fentanyl. Let's call it the uh, Coke Zero of Agitators Anonymous. Whatever parallel you want to draw. This is the Tuesday episode, which is free of political haranguing and cultural war opinions or whatever else. Um, This Friday's episode coming is going to be really interesting. I'm discussing um, AI songwriting what that might mean for artists and discuss a few very interesting and strange things, um, but very pertinent things for artists, for for everyone, really, for society as a whole. So I'm going to be trying to get my brain around that this Friday. So write that one in your little black book or your diary or whatever else, your file of facts, whatever, whatever you crazy kids have to write down your important business. You can follow me on Instagram, Nemthianga underscore Primordial, Primordial underscore Official. Primordial is preparing to go to Canada for the first time in over 10 years. Tonight we are rehearsing. Going to be very interesting, very strange. Primordial, it's one of the few, um, I guess, regrets we have looking back over our career that we haven't managed to make it to that North America, which includes that Canada um, a few more times than we have. But that's just life, and that's unfortunate. Um, it's just an unfortunate, what can we call it? An unfortunate situation, a modern day situation where most musicians um, aren't really professional musicians. Um, if you do have the opinion that somehow Primordial is a professional band, well, uh, you may have to recant your your confession because we certainly are not. And basically what happens is that you've got visa costs, all sorts of things, and you've got to put in so many tours into the USA to get anything back Um, let's say financially, and as you get older, you only get a certain amount of time off work. Um, Families, kids, responsibilities, all the kind of mundane things that get in the way of our um, view of how we should have been a rock star by now, etc., etc., etc. Apologies again once more, Eric. But um, 
Yes, but we are coming back to Canada next week. And hopefully, hopefully there's discussions about playing in that America some stage um, next year or the year after. If we're all still around by then, Mr. Putin or Mr. Biden, get the finger out. Uh, I recommend two things on um, Netflix, Netflix at the moment. Um, am I allowed to say that word, the Netflix? Um, I feel a bit grubby mentioning their name, um, considering their um, real politique. But Ancient Apocalypse, the new Graham Hancock series, is pretty damn interesting. Although I do have to wonder about all of these ancient sites, which were supposedly made by, um, you know, a kind of lost ancient civilization. Um, when they find them, how come they don't find any of the tools that were used to make them? Um, because surely you would have had to have some rather advanced um, stone, you know, grinding, stone grafting, stone cutting tools. They find, always find the... Um, you know, all these ancient sites, but none of the tools that were, should have been used to make them. Anyway, yeah, what am I talking about? I don't know. It's interesting. Interesting stuff. Um, secondly, I can recommend this FIFA documentary if you're a football fan. It's really quite revealing about how um, FIFA's, um, let's say, dastardly dealings began in 1978 with the Argentinian World Cup and shaking hands with the uh, military dictatorship in that country. And so, on those terms, sending uh, the World Cup to Qatar sort of seems in keeping with their modus operandi. I, for one, will not really be paying attention to the World Cup in Qatar. I'm uh, morally blanking it out. But you don't care about football. You don't care about football. And that is fine and well. So, what I'm going to do today is, um, basically, this is an excerpt from a chat um, the Metal Salvage Chats, which is something over on my YouTube channel. So this is kind of like a little um, it'll poke in the direction, uh, a little pointer in the direction of going over and subscribing to my YouTube channel because there's about 10 of these long-form chats between me and Joe from Gamma Bomb, um, you know, thrash metal band from up the north. Uh, and they're just a generally sort of boozy, random chat thing. But in the last episode, we kind of got into it in the last half an hour of it, we got into some of the things that I've been discussing on the podcast, which is the idea that you are in the final few um, chapters of the story and how to act appropriately. Um, if there ever was a plan as a musician, well, then you should have kind of had it 10, 20 years ago. You're now in the kind of last stages of that, um, that book you're busy writing uh, as a musician, as a creative person. And I think the last 25, 26 minutes here I'm going to share are pretty pertinent to that discussion. It, someone said to me it all seemed a bit dour. Well, you know, we are Irish and um, uh, superficially, you know, Irish society does seem like, oh, we're sure we're great crack and super friendly, but scratch that surface and you will find a heart of darkness, my friends. Well, anyway, this is, um, yeah, like I said, a 25-minute excerpt of a chat between me and Joe from Gamma Bomb that goes under the name Metal Salvage. All you have to do is go over to YouTube and search Alan Averill channel and you'll find me. Um, and you can subscribe and then there's like 10 other chats there. But I just thought this would be worth sharing on the main Agitators Anonymous podcast because it's quite pertinent to some of the things that we're talking about now. Right then, my friends, this is me and Joe from that Gamma Bomb and I will see you on Friday for that date that we have just fixed. What was the question again? <laughs> uh, we're talking about like young heavy metal bands from Europe and um, like 
being able to make a pretty good impression on the festival scene or you know get getting a, a good name in the underground and how do you how do you transfer that into getting getting to break into the uk or ireland or america or trying to trying to get your audience out there you know i don't know i mean the amount of work that it takes for that break i mean i uh, i'm not sure if it's worth it anymore the best thing you can do is probably just play damnation festival play cosmic void play bloodstock play mm. whatever do you really want to play in wrexham to 28 people and Oh, yeah, like I think uh, Insanity Alert played at a Damnation Festival, and it's uh, probably had a pretty decent decent show there, you know. And yeah. like I think it's better for European bands to be able to break into the UK by doing stuff like that instead of having to break into the UK. Like even back in the eighties and stuff, man, there was a lot of bands out there like Tankert and stuff who were coming over and doing three or four shows in the UK or Sodom when they did Persecution I Mania. I also 50 just think, people at the London show, look, you know. I also think just a lot of bands just can't be bothered, especially now with Brexit and the carne costs that are involved. I mean, if I, if given, if I could redo our tour we did in April, we would have cut the two days in the UK off and just gone to Poland. Yeah. The carne, which people might not know what that is, it's a list of your equipment, which used to be something that, as I understood, um, the backline company would do for free. Now they want €1,300 for this list. Again, you just are constantly price gouged by everybody. Um, and, you know, we were one London show that was okay, the other one which was fucked up. And that, you know, we would have just been better going to Warsaw and yeah. going to um, Katowice, playing to 400, 500 people in Poland. It's a hard one, isn't it? Like, we, we did a gig in London there the other week, and it was grand, and we had a good time, and it was, in, you know, um, Black Heart and stuff like that. So it's a super tiny room anyway. But, he kind of like we played in London in July at Boston Music Rooms, and I don't really know if it's a good idea really doing things like that twice a year. Like if you want to try and like have good London gigs, I think the yeah. secret is don't don't do one every year. Never mind yeah. twice I a mean, year. You know? I would say we've overplayed London as well. I mean, there was a time when we were almost doing seven eight hundred people, and you can see that that's come down to about four fifty. We played there too many too often for you know, infrequent albums and um, whereas in Poland place we played far less, the last few gigs have been four or 500 people. So, and also just, you know, what England is synonymous with, you know, worse backstage food treated generally poorly compared mm. to many of the countries. I mean, I, we would promote it. We, I stopped being interested in be playing Bradford and whatever. I was just like, can we just be in Porto? Or Lisbon, yeah, or, that's the thing, isn't it? Like somewhere beautiful where the sun shines. Even if the Porto gig doesn't go fantastically, you're still hanging about, having a nice time in Portugal. Yeah, where there is a bit of a certainty where you're like, we're playing Nottingham again tonight, and you know, we won't end up in a situation where it keeps getting better, and then we'll have to come back to Nottingham every year. You'd probably rather be like, let's do that in you know Berlin and. Then we can do have a good following there instead of having a good following somewhere you don't want to have to tour yeah. all the time, you know. I mean, there's something, there's something more, there's something a bit sort of slightly deeper, more profound. I think, at least personally, and that's sort of maybe being a, a few further years further ahead is that having been sort of vomited out the other side of the pandemic lockdowns experience, all of us closer to or at fifty. Um, you're very conscious of the fact like, oh yeah, this is the last few chapters of this. 
there's only a finite number of times more that this happens so just in the go enjoy the gigs for what they are i i talked with our booking agency and i went there's no plan anymore We're, uh, there's not a plan for 2025 because some of us will be you know i mean i'm 47 but some of us in three four five years will be 55 uh we I could think, be you know i think it probably wor it works with your music better than most you know sure i know but watching a video of uh, john conley from nuclear assault and at uh, the gig in london it's just saying man this is very difficult now you know now that he's a guy who's in the 60s yeah and like you know like a, like a kind of small over overweightish guy like it, he's not a 20 year old dude anymore so it yeah it's so, way so to play pop music so what i'm what i'm trying to say with that is that the conversations we're having about what you need to do to break into this that and the other i've sort of kind of thought to myself it doesn't fucking matter anymore um i just said we want to play anywhere anywhere interesting in terms of a career 80 percent of our career is over um so the the plan the plan it is because we're we don't i mean are we going to be am i going to be doing this on 57 i don't know but the point is i would imagine that you'll still be doing this when you're 70 because lots of the music goes down yeah but but i don't personally i don't think so but the point is when people try and tell me this is the plan i go the plan was the plan is in the past the plan was what we should have done 20 years ago we're in the last bit now i don't really care it's just like i'm um, just have good shows interesting places i'm not interested in playing on a tuesday in front of 32 people in south end i'm too old it's just like um hey let's go to canada next month play uh, mess de mort or whatever or a good tour a big tour breaking it as we say you know in different places um so it's just not going to happen like it's yeah a lot of bands are having such a very difficult time. Like Space Chaser had to cancel their UK and Irish gigs because they couldn't get the visas sorted out. Venom had a or Venom Inc. rather had to cancel their like it was was it them and Malevolent Creation or something? Like it was a yeah, yeah. decent suffocation. They a, yeah, they had to cancel that because but this they is also, but, but the, you know I we have to kind of know that a lot of the reasons that have been given for cancellations lately are not the reasons the real reasons are no one bought any tickets and no one cares um yeah. i think that there's a huge feeling of inertia throughout society without being super gloomy about it um those kind of break it conversations um just keep it for bloodstock festival play a one killer gig there that'll do your whole tour of 10 days um you don't if you want to and you're in the country anyway but you're not going to break it by busting your balls to get to Edinburgh to play in front of, you know, 28 people in Bannermans or whatever. Um, I, I mean, not to, you know, sound like a miserable old cunt for somebody who's 23. I mean, by all means, do it. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's character building. But um, I'm not sure there's a break it conversation. Once you, once you're over 35 years old, I don't think it works anymore because, and especially if you're all, even older than that, because your crowd is old as you're old. And one thing I've been very understood very clearly is that coming out of the pandemic and being that bit older is like, oh, we're not young anymore and we don't appeal to younger people. We don't have a young crowd. The days of us breaking through to tuk 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 are um, whatever that is, that that younger age is because you're too far from the shore now. So I, it kind of feels do you, like... Do you look into that kind of stuff as in do you look into the demographic of what age? Because they're presuming that like, yeah, like Primordial's fan base is probably a bit older than Dread Sovereigns, is it? Like, or would you say it's similar? Um, 
Dressup does. I'm not sure Dressup really has a fan base. I mean, they're mainly primordial fans. Or, um, I mean, this may sound meant. The first thing I do whenever I come on stage is not only do I look at every single fucking person if I can in the crowd. I make very quick mental arithmetic of left to right, and I calculate mathematically how many people I think are there. Um, and I I look at everyone. I gauge their age. Their I'm really really interested in all of those kind of anthropological, if that's the right word observations of a crowd split them by gender blah 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 and then i think about that quite a lot and so i'm happy that promoted is not 45 to 60 year old fans we actually have a lot of people who are in their 20s it's a very split male female gender um like it's not like when you go and see a brutal death metal band it's 95 5 it's 50 50 60 you know 55 45 so i'm I, i'm perfectly aware of all these things but it's been very profound having come back after pandemic to realize like, okay, we're in the last five to 10 years of this. Um, there's no plan. I said to Jorg, there's no plan. We're not going to do where we're not playing shows here because we won't get them in the next year. Do them all now. We might be dead soon. Um, so I don't have, I'm very, I've become, you, might, you might not be dead soon also. Like, you know, like yeah, I, but, I know that these are, you are probably uh, having one of the longer breaks between albums, but like, you know, that's because of the pandemic. Um, uh, would, you, would you say though like is that uh, because of the pandemic or is it because everyone else is thinking about other stuff in their life at the minute we've been trying to record the vocals for an album for three months <laughs> well, it's when philly was moving into a different house and stuff and it's like literally we're getting half a song done the vocals um a month you know and um, well i'm quite glad we did nothing because hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I wouldn't want to have wasted a record to release it during the pandemic. 
Um, if from yeah, but like, are you, are, you, are you wasting it because you can't tour it, or are yeah. you waste, like we we got our listenership on Spotify from twenty thousand to one hundred and twenty-five thousand? Yeah. You know, I'm I'm I mean I'm what I'm talking about is it's wasted in terms of what it means for me. I know that sounds selfish, but if because you want it to be an experience and like something yeah. that you're going to remember for your days, where you're like, this was the tour and this was the yeah the then, experience. You know, here's the, here's the time we spent in Mexico. Here's the time we spent it because that's what it really means. I'm well, okay. that's what it means to you as an individual. Like, whereas, yeah. like to me, like so, if I think about like game over, I I don't think about the game over tour. I think about you know the album game over. So I think like it, it the album is the thing that lasts that people are going to remember. Whereas the tour. And the experiences are more of a personal thing, you know? Yeah, but that's really, to be honest, that's what I'm interested in more. Um, also, I was far too angry to be able to make a coherent record. Um, so I would have just wasted a whole load of um, energy on it. And I think that it would have come out, I would have been even more furious and angry because we weren't able to do anything. And it would have it would have been it would have been completely negative experience for me to release a record. Do you, do you not think that Red Sovereign got a bit of a bump actually from being in that uh, like sort of pandemic-y? No, it just pissed me off because it was a it was a fucking brilliant record that was wasted on the pandemic because we couldn't go out and play it. I'm not like I, me personally. I just have no interest in just watching numbers go up and down on the screen. It's like oh, we, Red Sovereign went from four hundred listeners to fifteen hundred and then back down to whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, people like the record a lot. What we've played in Europe, five, six shows for it. Um, I never, I didn't get to hang out with the lads. I didn't get to do, you know. Um, but did, well, that's our your idea of going and making another one. Because I presume that there are several labels, like Metal Blade included, yeah. who would be very happy for you to do uh, another record. But yeah, it's like I mean, I kind of won't do one out of spite. There'll be another new thing, but I won't. I won't waste that much energy on a record until I've played the last one to the point where I feel um, like I've. You know, it sounds selfish, but until I feel like I've done what I wanted to do, it's all. You know, like, uh, Doyle, the guy who plays guitar for the Misfits. Well, it's apparently, <laughs> allegedly, well, that lad. Um, he brought. He's been working on an album for X years, and yeah. he said publicly, he's like. I'm not going to start recording this record or do anything until the last one recoups. Like, I don't want to end up in a situation yeah. where I'm just having to bring out a record and then because it's two years later, bring out another one. I want the last one to be, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't want people to think I'm just sounding like a selfish dickhead with it, but there has to be something in it for me. Um, and it, that what that something is, is well, certainly during pandemic and lockdown was not being to make me even more angry at the situation. Um, because I didn't need that. So for me, I just locked Primordial on a shelf, went bollocks to it all. Let's come back to it only when we were able to do what we want to do. And I'm glad that we had nothing to release in that time. Okay, so if we did, you know, we well, we saw our monthly listeners hemorrhage again from 125 to 45. But what, you know, what are you going to do? But like, so, what but, I was going to say is, so I think that because you are a bit more of a legacy band, you know, and, you know, Mm. It's mad thinking about this, like people referring to bands from the nineties as classic rock bands, you know, yeah, and yeah. like Hank you are sort of in that sort of vein now. You need a custodian, you need some guy who, who's gonna sit there and remaster tapes and you know, put yeah. put together all the stuff that's in the archive so that instead of it being like one album like you you wanna be like Maiden where you can make an album every five or six years yeah. and in between keep uh 
keep things going over with old stuff yeah, well, I that mean, you're happy to release, you know? You know, we can still get booked and we can still do things. And so, I mean, it's not like, you know, like it's it doesn't feel like as if it's over the hill in terms of people being interested in the band. I mean, it just ticks itself over. But like I said, I think there has to be something in it for you as a musician. And for me, whether that's the first time you visit Russia or Australia or Brazil or Mexico, I'm more focused on the finite number of times you spin around the ball of dirt and how um, that end is becoming even more, it's becoming closer. So you need to make yep. the best album you can, not rush it out. Um, and for five years for people who like Primordial, I think it's fine because... Um, you have that, a, a, like, kind of same as ourselves, you have the luxury of having a, de a decent discography so that there's a lot of people who... Yep whenever they get into your band to find that you actually have eight other eight albums or whatever yeah, yeah. to go and listen to. And like none of them were, you know, a risk style album or some sort of fucking cool lake. So yeah. I, I think that uh, there is something, something to be said for that. Like you don't need to be in a situation where you pump them, pump them out super, super. Yeah. Quickly. It's a combo. I think it's a combination of things. It's a, I think it's, I think it's um, a sort of, for me, it was a kind of comprehension of what you are, what being a musician means about um, being creative. And certainly for me, being creative only, for example, we weren't able to rehearse because of the restrictions and rules here. And we would have been, I mean, what we're we gonna do, start rehearsing online, record ourselves. And for me, that's all, that's, that's all the reasons why I started playing in a band, to be in a room with people, whether it was rehearsing or gigs, taken away from it. And it would have been, for me, placing a, an anti-human perspective on the whole pro process, creative process, which for me was part of um, sharing that with other other people, or you know, it was a human process. So I would have, if it was going to continue, for example, lockdown. I think I probably would never make another melt record. I just would have said no. I'll make something electronic or do something in my room or whatever. But heavy metal, to me at least, it's just not meant for this. Um, and whether that would have disappointed Primordial fans, there would still be nine no, albums. The thing listen. is, like, it's probably worth noting, listeners, that your situation is actually quite different than everyone else in the band. You know, uh, because you have a slightly more nomadic lifestyle, and you, you know, yeah. you, you make one hundred percent of your living from you know music and the arts. But it's not. But Joe, it's not just about the living. I think what it is is that we all agreed. Like we all win the. It wasn't like I was the person on the other side of it. We all agreed, like, no, this isn't the right environment for us being us. Let's just leave it alone for a year and a half. Cope with what you have to cope with. Do your family, do your whatever. And we'll return yeah. to this on our own terms. We won't be forced into... But that's a very healthy way of doing it, like, you know? Because, like, it was a healthy whenever you read about bands like the police or whatever, like, you know, or whatever, when bands are put in difficult situations, a lot of the time they'll just say, no, fuck it. Like, at least you could say, let's just go and um, do our own thing for a year or two yeah, and we'll see well, we just kind of, well I think what it was is that we weren't we weren't going to change the way we were as a band which was it's it's still got to be five of us in a rehearsal room arguing talking to each other or on a plane or in a backstage or on a stage that's what primordial is and was and it wasn't going to be changed by the pandemic and if and if it was and there wasn't a compromise to be made the compromise would have ultimately been we leave this lie until the world changes to come back to the place where we were. Um, and, some, and maybe that, you know, sounds like people going, oh, you're, you know, you're, maybe you're doing people who love the band out of a record to hear. 
um to me it was like well you have nine albums we have nine albums if this is the you know the exit and um, then this is the exit and now thankfully it turned out not to be so although you know you did lose two and a half years of your fucking life or whatever and it's still not as it was i don't think it ever will be but at the same time it did come back so to me people go oh it's four and a half years since your last album i just go no nah, it's two yeah and uh, for me to like we uh, to me there those years are lost and so i just don't count them in terms of all it counted is more to my own personal age and i go i'm older now and i said this to the like i said the booking agent said there's no plan anymore really the plan is for us to take as much out of this as possible make the greatest album we can for the next one we have plans we have ideas and but there's no what we're going to do in 2025 because it might not exist in 2025 so yeah, let's do it all fucking now let's try and get to whatever within reason um because and i don't care if it saturates the market but there's not going to be oh you well, can you know what i mean like what i mean by that is what i mean by that is going to do it in europe is very different from, than everywhere else because typically with like your band and like my band and a lot of sort of like like medium or small heavy metal bands you can do it as weekend warriors where you're going out and playing yeah, yeah. festivals and stuff like that. And there isn't a necessity to go and try and do the 30 shows. Uh, whereas like the problem with going to anywhere else, like if you want to go to North America or like, yeah. uh, like I suppose somewhere like Canada or like South America, you could spend a week doing or Australia, you could yeah. spend a week. Doing I mean, over there, I'm, but I'm kind of like, what I mean by that, what I was trying to say is like, we're talking about, Hey, this Ren thing two two show stand next month or you know whatever i said maybe we can do this again and i said yeah. and, and i somebody said to me yeah there's reasons why and i said look i don't really want to hear the reasons why it can't work like we're too we're in the last you should just say it, like said a jorg book two two nights in a club in yeah, barcelona yeah. you know no, my, like a my, club that you can hold like 400 people in and like if you can get like 300 people a night i think sure no, i'm just trying to what i'm trying to point out is something more um blunt which is just like um i i it we're too late in the day for you can't do this because it doesn't fit into the plan of the structure my plan my my answer to that is well it might not exist in six years anyway so when i'm and because the pandemic showed us clearly what life is like without a band or being creative or being musicians um you know to prepare the ground for that um let's fucking um you know you're gonna have to I don't know what you can soften the ground up with a lot, a lot of, um, you know, artillery or whatever. Yeah. Well, like, here's the thing, man. That didn't you can't work, put, that didn't work as an analogy at all. <laughs> you, but you can't, you can't put a hundred percent of your faith in enjoying the rest of your life into the idea that the band is going to do gigs all the time. No, no. That, like, I, I, what I'm actually saying if, is the if, opposite. If it's not a pan pandemic, it'll be some other life issue. And, yeah, you death. know, we're getting older death. and people will end up getting sick and stuff. Yeah, and but Joe, but, but Joe, what I just said was actually exactly what you just said. Is in, let's get, you know, is in, there's no plan, long-term plan anymore. It can only be a short-term plan because we're in the short term. Being that yep. bit older, it's like, if, if you only have five years left of the band, let's use no plan for six or seven or eight years. Let's fucking do it now. And so yeah. um, I'm and don't, don't go back and play Whitby Gothic weekend or whatever the oh, other I, I do that for in a heartbeat. <laughs> I want to do that. Uh, you, well, not that specifically, but you know, something else that is of no. Well, are you, what are you going to do? That, with... 
I was going to say that, that that is the thing about you know whenever you're whenever you're younger in a band you end up going and playing places that if you were older now if you could look back you'd say let's not do that that was fucking stupid uh, we played a gig in Middlesbrough and there was nobody there and uh, it was awful and yeah yeah Middlesbrough I think I think the thing is like just to try and sort of I mean it's a it's a complicated minefield to sort of cross all these kind of different things but i do think there is a there is that sort of realization of oh yeah we're you know you're in the last maybe not the last chapter but the last couple of chapters and so prepare accordingly and um, don't be undignified and let it all hang out but try and prepare accordingly you know you need a you need to fucking start trying to tech the box more make the primordial unplugged album with loads of candles around you <laughs> uh, yeah, get a yeah. keyboard player in and make a deep purpley type album well, etc you should probably leave and they could get like a deal type guy in for a yeah, couple yeah. of records like, and I then come back i was thinking of um saying to them all that they have to go to a like a health camp a fitness camp and where else i'm going to leave and we all should do a reality tv show about like a month in a boot camp or something like that you know or coffin ship of love what about that nice yeah and that would be it. And it could be set in a real life coffin ship where you have to spend three weeks crossing the Atlantic with people who have uh, the plague or whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, that, yeah, that, that's a sort of pandemic. That's a lockdown show. You'd watch that. Yeah, it'd be pretty good. Set off Spike Island or something like that, you know? So, like, isn't it weird? It's Halloween, right? Yeah. I would have thought that at Halloween, Halloween would do a big massive show in Germany or that it would be like a thing, you know, with the pumpkins and all that kind of stupidity. Like, Well, they are playing, they're touring South America right now because I was stupid enough to watch footage of their, some show in Argentina or something in, last week. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm, my mind is baffled and boggled by the video sort of mo uh, show that they have going on in the background, which looks like it was made in 1992 on you know, Windows Dude, Five. I remember seeing Guns N' Roses and thinking the same thing, looking at their video show and being like, they clearly spent like a hundred grand on this in 1998. And they're like, we need to get our money's worth out of this. Like, we're not going to go and get a new video show. Like, yeah, but that's what Halloween looked like. It was still, we're still. Halloween had that kind of thing, like the Scorpions as well, where they look like you two on stage. They're always wearing like wraparound sunglasses and like fucking. Weird. There's, one, there's one guy who has a sort of weird kind of sideways mohawk. Who's he? Where did he come and from? And he plays like a, one of those futuristic, like Paul Stanley guitars as well. Like, um, yeah. He's just like a dude. He's like the third guitar guy who's just got in by default. Like he had his hands on the monster truck and was like, that's it. I'm in. You know, like, um, not Gilby Clark. What's the guy in Guns N' Roses? Dizzy. Uh, Dizzy Gillespie. Dizzy Reed. He's Dizzy been Reed. there since like he's been there since like nineteen ninety, like Dizzy by, Reed. or like Darren Wharton in Thin Lizzy. You just need to keep your head down, man. Like you know, don't say anything to upset the cart, and all of a sudden you've been in the band for thirty five years or however long Darren Wharton's been in Thin Lizzy now. Like. Well, he did, he went on to do Dare afterwards, didn't he? Dared to have an unsuccessful career in the UK and shit musically. Well, they're I mean, like they're, they're just like a, an FM style affair, aren't they? Look, poor old Michael Kiska looks a bit like a thumb now, a sort of sunburnt thumb. 
it's terrifying, isn't it? Like, you know, because like, fair enough. I guess I would say that around the time even of pink bubbles and stuff, would he have been like in his mid twenties or late twenties? Like, well, he was quite a sex symbol for a keeper. Oh, yeah. But that's like that's what I'm saying is that's the terrifying thing is in like if he is sixty now, like in in twenty years, am I going to look like a thumb as well? Like, let me just replace the hair. Hey, buddy. It's probably it, though. Hang on. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 